Ladies and gentlemen, that is a face. And this, and, and this thing made a left turn in the low crawl position and went right back into the tree line. It was a, a whoa, whoa, whoa. It was, I mean, it was loud. Hey, Joe, they're here. I swear to God, I just saw one. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Captain Joe with Johnny Two Bears for with the Sasquatch Encounter Brigade. Uh, thank you for joining us this uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, we got a great guest that we have lined up that uh, uh, Johnny knows a little bit, uh, some of his uh, his back background and bio. And uh, how are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Good, good. So, um, and then hey, welcome aboard. And um, this evening, there, Randy. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah. So, so Randy, where are you? Um, where are you coming in from? Uh, I actually live in the mid states, just outside of Kansas City. Okay. Gotcha. There's some big deer in Kansas. Uh, I, I got to uh, hunt some whitetails there two seasons ago um, at a place called uh, Lazy J Outfitters. Um, uh, <laughs> some some big bucks. And uh, I cringe. The last two years, I haven't been drawn for a tag out there again, you know. And uh, um, some of the outdoor entertainers that you know that I work with um, hunted there two weeks ago, and uh, uh, w one of the group shot a 184-inch buck out there, you know. And uh, wow. yeah, it should have been mine, but uh, you know, <laughs> they 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 got a year they got a year to grow another big one, but. Uh, um, no, so you know. Well, thank you for for coming on, and then, uh, uh, you know, last several days, evenings, uh, folks. If you've been following any of Johnny Two Bears' uh, um, homestead adventures, he's had some pretty neat, uh, exciting, um, up close and um, interactions or encounters. There, um, we'll get to that at a, at another time because we yeah, want to well devote. Yeah, we want to devote our time here with oh, with Randy. Randy. Yeah, yeah. However, um, I did want to start off with uh, uh, before we got on this evening, and 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 Johnny had called to make sure I was getting my computer set up. I had Randy's email to send him the link. Uh, uh, Johnny mentioned something about a a, a burning chicken, and <laughs> oh, God. and so I said, "Well, can you can you hold it and tell it to both Randy and I? Because I think this is going to be good." So, go ahead. Well, we could have used, uh, me and my wife could have used uh, Randy's expertise yesterday afternoon. Um, I'm in the living room, uh, hanging out with my son, and my wife screams and run out, runs outside with a broom saying, the chicken is on fire. So I run out there, and she's got the broom, and she's smacking the chicken in the butt. <laughs> a real chicken? Yes, we have chickens. We have uh, 11 chickens. And apparently what had happened is I lit one of those citronella candles and had it on my table to keep the mosquitoes away. Well, there's cat food on that same table. And apparently the chickens got in the gate on the porch and got into that cat food. 
And apparently they're so dumb they don't know what fire is. <laughs> apparently it got its it got its tail feathers on the back of that candle. And my <laughs> thank God, thank God, my wife said she she couldn't find her phone, and she left it outside. So she walked outside to get it and saw just in time as the tail feathers just lit on fire. <laughs> she grabbed that. So, so yeah, that was that was the chicken on fire story. So you also had a interaction last night as well right yeah yeah i've had uh well that's one way to bait them to get some fried chicken to smell in the air <laughs> yeah it didn't yeah. smell good at all it smells like you would imagine burning chicken feathers oh, man so randy um yeah um from there from kansas city area um and again um we got to talk just briefly before we came live and uh um, can you give us a little bit about your your background and you know what got you involved in the subject of uh, Bigfoot Sasquatch research? Uh, well, yeah, you know, of course, uh, Johnny uh, Two Bears and myself have been friends on Facebook, so you know we're a little bit aware of, of each other's work. But uh, I've been in in this since two thousand and three. Uh, I I've, I'm I'm fifty seven years old, so so I got started in this. Uh, you know, when I was I'm thinking in my thirties and, uh, just started in Arkansas. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was enamored by the subject, uh, through reading first and, and then internet second. And, uh, so I, I was just determined to try to find out on my own. And so, so it was kind of a lonely venture to begin mm -hmm. with where I just went out and just started looking around in, in, in locations and, uh, and, you know, I ended up down in the Kaimichi area of Oklahoma, uh, in LaFleur County specifically. And uh, that's where I concentrated a lot of my uh, goings uh, back and forth when I get time off from the fire department. And as, okay. as you know, if you've got friends in fire service, uh, the schedules are very uh, loose and you get a lot of time off, you know, yeah. having having 24 hour shifts. Yep. So every two weeks, I'd have four days in a row off. And I found myself going down there every two weeks when I get those four days off, uh, sacrificed a lot of time with my family, but, yeah. but they were supportive. Uh, they believed, you know, they, they supported my interest in it. And then when I had a sighting, they wholeheartedly believed me because they know who I am. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a businessman. You, you better be honest. If, if you're going to have a good business, you, you better not ever tell a lie. Uh, and, and when you tell somebody you're going to do something, you better do it. That's just That's the right. way it is. Your, your word is everything. So, so when, when I had my encounter that I had, I was floored. And, 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 and when I told them what happened, they absolutely 100% bought into it because thankfully because of who I am. So, right now, didn't, uh, <clears throat> didn't your family also have, something happened with you can you go over yes. that yes uh before i had my encounter uh i i was taking my family down there to the kaimichis uh and i'm not even sure we filmed the ridgewalker me and my friend filmed the ridgewalker video yet uh but i had my my wife and two daughters they they were young teenagers at the time and i told them you know even though they believed well 
I hadn't had my main encounter at that point. So at that point, they were just entertaining the idea that there could be Bigfoots out there. And so they were looking as well as I was looking. But my plan was to, uh, we rented a cabin down there in the Kaimichis outside of Honubi, Oklahoma. And this was in 2004 or 2005, I believe. And uh, I told them, I said, we had two four-wheelers with us at the time. And I said, I said, let's go up on a, on a logging road and, and take lawn chairs and just sit on a logging road. I'll make a fire and we'll make s'mores. And I just want you girls to chit chat for, you know, for a couple of hours up there after dark and we'll see what happens. And so that was the plan. I don't think they were fully bought in beforehand. So we're up there. It's 10, 10, 11 o'clock at night, a couple hours of sitting around making s'mores, eating s'mores. And it's just pitch dark. And and they just kind of got caught up in the moment. And you know how girls can chit chat. And, and, and that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping for three girls, females, to just be chatting it up well after dark. And so I'm above them on the logging road where, you know, of course, we're on a mountain there. So I'm above them looking down at the campfire. And, and, I, and I just told them, I said, hey, I said, I'm, I'm going to smack this tree with this stick. So let's see what happens. And they're like, okay, okay. Like I said, not fully bought into the subject yet. So I whacked this tree really hard. Well, at first I cleaned the bark off of it. I shaved the bark off of it, give, me, give myself a nice solid piece of wood that I could hit against. And, and I whacked that thing, you know, really nice and solid. And everybody's like, okay, what's going to happen? And then it wasn't five seconds later, right down straight below them in the darkness below the logging road that they were on, we got a return knock, a loud return knock, very close. And they came unglued. I bet. They came unglued. My wife almost, I could see the tears. She was already on the four-wheeler starting it up. And my my first daughter jumped on the back end and they took off. I had to kick the fire out with my panicked second daughter standing there waiting on me to get the fire kicked out. And, and I couldn't even catch up with my wife. We hit, we hit the pavement and I was flooring it and I was hollering at her because she, it was dangerous. She was going so fast that it was dangerous. And I was telling her that I said, you need to slow down. I said, I said, we're out of danger. We're out of danger. And, and I couldn't hardly catch up to her. We finally got back to the cabin and it was chaos. They, she, the, at that point, she, my wife did not want to have nothing to do with it. There's something in the woods there in order for something to knock that close. And I told her, I said, look, I said, something was interested in us. And that's exactly what my plan was. My plan was for something to be interested in you girls. And that's what happened. I said, we should have stayed. I said, I was armed. I said, we should have stayed and let it play out and see what happened. But, but, I, but that was it. They, they were done. And I, I took my daughters out a couple more times after that. And we had some interesting things happen with rock throws. But that was the gist. That was the beginning and the end of them being deep into the subject like I am. Wow. So, 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 so they were. So, I imagine you were hooked from that moment on, huh? Oh, yeah. I was. So, I, I was trying all kinds of things like that. But nothing, nothing attracts like women and children, and, right. and I, I could no longer recruit them for my benefit. So I, had to, <laughs> I had to go into different things after that. Yeah. So, so Randy, you, you, you said the, you guys went to the, uh, uh, Kiam, what's it, Kiamichi? It's called, it's called Kiamichi's. Yep. 
there's there's like a million acres down there, give or take, and it's all different. Forms. In Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, it's it's in the southeast corner of Oklahoma. Okay. In so, the, McCurtain County and Lafour County, Oklahoma. Okay, so I've been to Durant, Oklahoma, uh, which is west of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, that's all Choctaw Nation uh, land there. So yep. Cherokee. And uh, yeah, so we 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 actually uh, stayed and hunted at the Choctaw Nation uh, um, uh, lodge. You, you know, and it's mm-hmm. a, a bit huge hunting preserve. It's like a hundred hundred thousand acre high fence operation that they had there. You know, and uh, so this is right when COVID had, had just started. Because I remember when I flew home, I had uh, from the from there, I was like the only person. Only person on the plane flying back to uh, flying back to Atlanta on that so flight, you know, and so that uh, 2019. Yes. Yeah. So um, but um, kind of familiar with I mean, at least, you know, with the the area around there is, you know, uh, huge, la- uh, vast acres of land, you know, um, uh, Randy, how close developed. is that to uh, Hanobia? Uh, we actually had a cabin just right in that little speck of a town called Honubby. Uh, really? there, was a, there was a little cafe there and they rented cabins and, and we okay. rented one of their cabins. Is that why you specifically went there? I went there because the, the first time I went to Honubby was uh, in 2004 was like the first Bigfoot conference that they had there. And, and the reason I went there is I wanted to meet somebody that could help me see a Bigfoot. I wanted, I wanted to meet somebody that was experienced that I could learn things from. And that's exactly what happened. I I met a guy named Keith uh, and we became friends and started doing research together. And and he was more, he he was very experienced and he, he's the one who set me up at the Chickasaw park where I had my major encounter where I saw, where I had the two come up up to my truck. Uh, And and it was because that's where he had been doing research and saw him. Hey, he had a lot of evidence there and was telling me all about it. And that, so that's what led me to that park where I had my encounter. Wow. That that encounter, Joe, I, I think I told you about, uh, kind of go backwards a little bit, uh, Randy, I don't know where it it comes into play, but real quick before we go into that, the Ridge Walker, where can people go watch that video? Uh, you, you can just look up uh, the Honubby Ridgewalker video, and, and it'll pop up on on YouTube. It's it's mine. Now, where is that in the timeline of things? Uh, we got that in two thousand five, and and we we picked a specific ridge. I, I actually the place where my daughters and wife we had the close tree knocking. That was a little north west of Honubby in, in, in a ridge going up in that direction. But it was kind of in some low area uh, that, that got muddy to get into that spot. So when I had my friend Keith down there, we were going to spend time in, in that area where, where me and my wife and daughters had that close knock, but it was a little, little muddy to get in there. So we chose a different location higher up on a ridge because it was wet. It had rained. And that's the ridge south of Honubby that I had spent the next 10 to 15 years going to because of all the activity on that ridge. Wow. And, and it was 2005 that we got the Ridgewalker video from that campsite. That's my main campsite there that I've been going to for years and years and years. Unbelievable things have happened to me on that ridge. I had a walkie-talkie and a photograph returned in a rock cairn on a trail i remember that story is this the one where you guys 
did you go and like put lights out or something like that? Uh, candles or lights or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was it was solar powered <clears throat> flowers. Can you, can you tell that story? That's a really good one, man. I yeah. really like that one. I mean, I had been doing things on that ridge for years. I mean, I, all kinds of things. I I I put out baits with a with a picture of a man and a bigfoot, and the man was me, so that when they ate the baits, they would be able to look at this picture and know that I'm that guy. Be my friend, you know. So and, and and in the picture, it was a laminated picture of 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 a Bigfoot, and it was a cartoon drawing of a Bigfoot and then a man. But I I colored the man wearing fire department blue clothing with yellow letters that said fire, so so that they would know it was me because nobody else would be down there with blue sweatshirts, fire department sweatshirts, and I was down there in the fall all the time wearing that particular sweatshirt, and I wanted them to make the connection. I even would go into deep very tight groves of trees and I would put that picture on a tree way back in the shadow parts of thick, thick woods off the trail. I would just put that picture on a tree back in there, hoping that they would see it and, and make the connection. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if that had anything to do with the things that eventually happened up there, but it could have. Uh, so that was my reasoning for, for using something like that it was unknown that that could even be effective but it might be who knows man that is uh some serious out of the box yet ingenious i mean that's the that's the kind of stuff that's exactly why i want to have randy on is he's been doing this for years and he's tried all kinds of things you know and you get i know some people not to cut you off but i'm gonna brag about you for a second I know people that you get a few things happen. You get some evidence. You get a little bit of uh, some outings that are successful and stuff. I think some people think, all right, well, I know it all. You know, <laughs> I know I don't know it all. I've only been doing this for about six years, four years, hardcore. I've made progress. But then I listen to some of the things you've done and think this is the type of individual people need to be listening to and to take these now maybe not everything you've done has worked uh some of it you know you you'll never know but these are the types of things that people need to be trying you know out of the box thinking stuff like that now i can only imagine some campers coming through those woods and seeing your pictures everywhere and that would probably be weird <laughs> but other than <laughs> no, that <laughs> now, now, now i'm telling you i made sure i put those in places that i would think that it would be you'd be hard pressed that anybody would even walk and right. and so i i'll bet you there's pictures still hanging you know where I, where i put them in such deep dark places even i mean it just yeah i mean i i think i could probably go down there i know where i put one I bet I could probably go down there and find it. And it's and that was 12 years ago or so. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we we had some things happen, and those those uh, flowers, those solar power powered flowers that I put out one time up there, uh, I thought it was interesting. And and there was a little alpine uh, meadow up on one of those ridges, not very big, but just enough opening space in there that I thought, well, that's a good place where I can kind of stick these flowers in an arrangement that at night they would they would light up from the from the solar power and just kind of glow. And and wouldn't that be interesting if a Bigfoot came upon those and were like, 
how would they be able to resist going to see what's going on there in that little field with all of these colored flowers? Uh, so I put a game cam up in the wood line and I, I put these, these flowers out there. And I was so excited about them that I kept taking people up there to look at them. Uh, after dark, I'd be like, man, let's go up and look at those flowers. You're going to like this. <laughs> so cool. So I kept taking people up there. But me and about five or six guys showed up there on a on a Monday night uh, and we camped or and we and we 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 showed up about 1030 at night. So we we went to the Christ 40 acres, which is on a corner intersection down there where the I uh, 144 highways meet up. And it's right there outside of Hone Nubby, and it's at the base of those mountains. So that's where we met up with our vehicles and loaded up all of our Polaris's and, and ATVs with camping supplies. And I had a specific spot that I wanted to uh, to camp that we'd never camped before. And uh, so we tootled along, you know, in, in a caravan and very slowly because some of the some of the logging roads are very rough and rutted so we it was a nice slow progress and 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 some of the gentlemen with us were older so we went about two or three miles back through some wet creeks and dry creeks and and back to an area where i wanted to camp that really had this drop off into this deep valley and i thought man we camp on that in that spot anything out there in that valley is going to see our little campfire there and and it'll be interesting so that's why i chose that spot well when we got to the campsite you know it's we didn't get started till we didn't even get there to the christ 40 acres till 10 30 at night so you know it was midnight or later when we finally got all our stuff unloaded and loaded up into the four-wheelers and and, and tootled way back in there so it was sometime after midnight and when we were there a, a guy named roy and he was in his 60s he goes son of a bitch he goes i lost i lost one of my walkie talkies he's like i just bought these they were, they were like a motorola 36 mile at the time high dollar walkie talkies and he was upset because he lost one of them and i was like well good luck uh we, <laughs> we just came four miles of rough trails and yeah good luck where you, wherever you think you might have lost it and he says well we're me and dave are going to go the, and dave's another older gentleman he goes me and dave are going to tomorrow we're going to follow this trail all the way back to the Christ 40 acres. I'm, I got to find that walkie talkie because what good is having one walkie talkie? Uh, uh, and so when I was talking to them about this, I looked and Dave was sitting on his four wheeler and it's one of those four wheelers that has the floorboards on it instead of the pegs. Yeah. He, there was a piece of paper under his foot and I go, Dave, I said, you're losing stuff too. And I, I pulled it out and looked at it and it was a photograph. And he goes, what? He goes, let me look at that. And he's like, and he put his hand in his pocket and he pulled out a whole wad of photographs. And he goes, man, he goes, he goes, I haven't worn this coat for three months. He said, those, those are photographs of my grandkids at a talent show. And they're like any grandfather's picture. He's sitting way up there in the back row and he takes 25 pictures and they all look the same because the kids are like a hundred miles away on a stage. <laughs> so none of the pictures looked any different than the others. It's just hard to see what's going on in these pictures because it's a picture from way back in the of a stage so we did not know at the time that he lost a photograph but he loses a photograph the same night the other guy loses a walkie-talkie and they both show up later in separate rock cairns four days later both of those items in two separate rock cairns were outside of our campsite what oh good lord now did they Let's see if I can get this right. Did they lose? Well, I guess those two guys they, were together. So we, they, we didn't know we lost a walkie talkie. I mean, right. I mean, I mean, we didn't know we lost a photograph. 
Okay. We did we did know we lost a walkie-talkie. So right. so fast forward four days later on a Thursday night. That happened on a Monday night. So okay. on a Thursday night, that that weekend is the conference. So we we made sure we were there a week early so we get this camping in in preparation for the conference when our friends and stuff start to show up. Well, Thursday night, we had some other friends show up and they're at our campsite there, which is that main campsite that I was talking about that I've spent my whole time down there at this main campsite. So we have people showing up and I'm it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, let's go look at my my flowers. I got to take you guys up there so you can see those flowers. They're so cool looking. You know, and I got a game cam. You know, we're going to get a picture of one. And so I so me and three new guys that had just showed up take off in my Polaris to go up way up on this ridge to look at those flowers just because it was so cool. And about a, about a quarter mile from our campsite on, on a trail. Now this would have been one of the logging roads that we had initially came in on to that very first campsite. When we lost these items, there's a rock pile, a rock cairn in the middle of the logging road that wasn't there a few hours earlier. And I get out and I'm like, what? I'm like some, and, and, and I'm going to use dirty language because I'm like, somebody's fucking with us. Yeah. And, and I wasn't real happy about it. Oh, I said, our, don't worry about it. our people in our, our group. They're good. <laughs> so, so Mike Hall, who's from Texas was sitting next to me. And, 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 and I said, I said, somebody's fucking with us. And I get out in, in the headlights of my Polaris and I walk to this rock car and there was, and you know what the, the store Alco uh, it's like a Kmart, but it's called Alco. There's a there's an Alco store in Tallahena. So there was an Alco bag in this rock carn with the top rock on top of this Alco bag, an old ratty Alco bag that was pulled out of the bushes or something with holes right. in it. And I and at that point I started making a a big theatrical thing because we were joking. They're like, man, Bigfoot's want you to pick up the trash. They're mad about people leaving their trash laying around because this Alco bag was on there. So I disassembled it, pulled this Alco bag out and I look at it and it just looked like there was a receipt in the bottom of it. So I kind of wave it around. And I was like, all right, Bigfoot, you got us. We're trashy. People are junky. And I said, no, I'll, I'll make sure I put this. I, I, I'm not going to toss this trash away in case we're being watched. So I went in and I shoved it behind the seat in my Polaris. And then I kicked the rocks off the road. At that point, I, I know a person did this, but we're pretending like a Bigfoot did it. And I'm making all this these theatrics. So then we go up and we look at the, the meadow that has those those flowers and they enjoy it. It's cool. Everything looks cool. And we walk back down this trail to get on the Polaris. And I said, you guys want to go back the way we came or do you want to continue on out this way and, and hit that road and then come back into the camp the other way? And they're like, well, let's go this other way. And I was like, okay. So we start tootling along and pretty soon I come up on another rock pile and I'm like, what? I'm like, damn it. I said, Mike, you go kick that one off. So Mike gets out and goes to kick it off and, and it's, it's three rocks high in a, in a cone shape. And he starts disassembling it and tossing rocks out. And it, there's a cubby hole in the bottom. And he goes, what? And he reaches in and pulls out this walkie talkie. And I, and I see it in my headlights and Dude, the, hair on the back of my neck stands up Man. and I go, Holy shit. I said, Mike, he goes, what? And he's hanging onto it by the antenna. He goes, what? I said, we lost a walkie talkie four days ago. 
And he goes, no way. And I said, let's go back to camp and see if that's Roy's. I said, we got to go right now. And, and, and so he got in the seat and he's holding the walk talking and I'm flying back to camp and we run into camp. I go, Roy, Roy, you're not going to believe this. I said, man, I said, is this your walkie talkie? Is this your walkie talkie? And he, he pulled out his other walkie talkie and looked at it. And he's like, yeah, where'd you find it? And then I had to tell him it was in a rock cairn. And they were like, holy shit, no way, no way. That's crazy. Now, listen, we talked about this the next day. We even talked about it at the conference. We, we started calling it the walkie-talkie incident. And it was at this conference that we talked about this walkie-talkie and stuff. And I'm up there talking about it. And I'm thinking, that first rock car must have meant something. The one that had the Alco bag. So I went out to my Polaris after speaking about the, the walkie-talkie, dig, dug around, got that Alco bag, and it was a photograph, not a receipt at the bottom of that bag. And I went to Dave and, and my, the hair on the back of my neck was raising again. And I went to him, I said, get your photographs. I said, here's the photograph. I said, is this one of your photographs? And he pulled it out, he's like, yes, <laughs> yes, that's one of my photographs. I didn't even know I lost one. Man, wow. that is nuts. Wow. What are the odds? Mm. Now, still, have I, you- I, I still get the willies thinking about it. I bet. we. Uh, we found an arrowhead out there that was put and basically put in a place in our main research area, put in a place that we had already been. And it was the only place in the woods where there was any human stuff. And it was like a looked like a hundred year old rusted out barrel and sitting right up on this rock pile or on the sand pile was a perfect arrowhead just sitting right there on top. Nobody goes out there. There's no reason for there to be an arrowhead. We had been walking out the day before, and I thought that was impressive <laughs> for you to have. For you to have that. Now, is that something that uh, these rock piles? Have you seen that before in that area? I, I mean, we've seen stacked rocks before, but I, there, I never could know that it wasn't a hunter that did it. I right. never could know. I did one time when I was taking a poo. Off, I was there camping by myself and I was up walking some area that I hadn't been before. And I was way into the woods to, to take a poo and I'm sitting there and, and I see a, like a three foot, a three foot tall cedar tree laying completely flat with two rocks holding it down and it's still green. And I did take a picture of that because that may be the first and only structure that I think a Bigfoot did. Most of them, I can't tell whether yeah. it's, natural or manipulated but this one had two rocks and one was stacked on top of the other holding it down and it was laying flat on the ground being bent over and it was still green and so i'm pretty sure bigfoot did that but i don't know why right yeah wow. well that definitely makes sense what kind of other things since you've been there for so long what kind of other things have you noticed that they do out there, like manipulations well, or well, anything? When, when I first started putting out the photographs or the, the laminated picture of a Bigfoot and a man, I was putting out popcorn uh, in trash bags, a lot of popcorn. And I would butter them and salt them like crazy. I would oversalt them because I, I, I figured once they get a taste of that salt, they understand minerals. I'm, I'm sure they may not understand that they need minerals, but when they get that salty taste, they're probably going to be like, it'll be a rush. My body has needed that. And so I'm going to, uh, yeah. so, so I, I was trying to develop it that way. So I, I could tell it was them. I'd hang the bags up at 10 or 12 feet where only their hands could reach them. So they'd be hanging in between the trees way high, but I could tell when it was them that got, 
the trash bags. Sometimes we'd have them tore down by other animals, but I could tell when it was them because I would just find the bag with a stick stabbed through the plastic and it would still be stabbed through the plastic and all the popcorn would be gone. It would, it's almost like they stabbed the bag, make sure everything was safe. And then, Hey kids, let's get this, all this popcorn. And they would never take disassemble the, the stick stabbed through the bag. Huh? That's interesting. So when you're, you and I talked briefly the other day, or I asked you a couple questions about uh, <clears throat> gifting. And you would explain, can you go over, I know it's kind of, kind of skipping around a little bit, but I really, I kind of want to pick your brain on your method. When it comes to gifting, what, uh, what have you done and what have you had success on? The only gifting I ever did was the food and stuff back in the Kaimichis. I haven't done anything since, but I've witnessed Shane Carpenter, who I'm involved with at the 400, go through a a, a gifting process that has been a slow progression uh, and setting things up in a way where you can be assured that it's these creatures getting the food. And right. it was kind of a slow process where, you know, he started by just kind of putting food out. And then when it started getting taken, uh, he would put it in like a Tupperware container, maybe without a lid so that it would, they would start taking it out of this Tupperware container, a clear, clear Tupperware container container, and then get to where you're putting the lid on it and, and, and they would still get it. And there was also other things in the food, uh, container like, uh, you know, coins and marbles mm -hmm. and things like that. So sometimes you'd find the lid back on with one of the coins on top of the lid, uh, you know, in, in odd ways that you know that it wasn't another animal. Uh, and then he got to where he was actually halfway burying it and then slowly got to where he was all, way, all the way burying it and putting a big rock over where it was buried. And I mean, it was being completely pulled out and disassembled and, and then the lid put back on, you know, and put back together. It, it's, so it was a slow process to where right. you could almost be assured that it, it's them doing it. So they like, they like popcorn. What about peanut butter? Have you been, you've done peanut butter with them? I, I myself have, have talked to plenty of people with peanut butter and I got a great peanut butter story, but, but when I was working a property up by Lake Ulaga on a, a private 200 acres, a hunting lease that I was invited to by the owner, I did some peanut butter and we did get a nice finger sweep that had, had some dermals on, on the finger sweep out of it. But one of the more interesting things that I had happen, I had a game camera pointed towards a peanut butter jar that was hanging in a tree, just a whole peanut butter jar. And the next picture, you know, when it takes a picture, there's like a minute where it it has the camera has to reset mm -hmm. something clearly triggered it and it was taking a video the camera was taking a video and we couldn't believe what we were seeing there on the next picture was the peanut butter jar swinging and fluttering in the breeze where it was smashed flat and still hanging on the string what so it was smashed where the peanut butter was squoze out of it. The whole jar. The Good whole plastic God. jar was flat, and it was it was like a, a a wind chime. You know the things that hang on a wind chime that blows in the breeze. It yes. was. I didn't see it until it spun that it was flat because when you look at it face on, it looks like a round jar. But when it spun around, it was flat. I was huh. floored. Holy mackerel! Now was, was it? And it was, was still it a on the brand screen. new jar. Well, I mean, Had it was one of the plastic the... jars of peanut butter. Yeah. 
Right, but when I did, you just like buy it from the store and then hang it up, or did you take yeah. the lid off and open the the plastic I seal? I can't remember. I, I'm pretty sure we had the plastic seal off. Either and, way, that's nuts. I, well, I think at the time we did get a fingerprint in one, so I may have even had the the lid off because right. because I was wanting another fingerprint. Yeah, but dude, to even the pressure to smash a, <laughs> a peanut butter jar like that. That's intense. Well, Hey, we do, we, we do uh, at the 400, we, we had some ice coffees go missing out of our ice chest and we found one that was where the pop tab, it, the can was crushed and the pop tab was open rather than pushed inward. So that means it was squeezed until it popped open. Oh, huh? Man. I bet they, how many of them did they take? I'm going to say four or five. I wonder if they messed the first one up and then got, <laughs> it'd probably be disappointing. Got a taste of it. I don't know. <laughs> I, we, we didn't even know they were taking those until on one of our recordings, we heard them going through a bunch of stuff on our table. And we heard the ice chest lit open. And uh, uh, when they started counting the, the coffees, they asked the other guy, well, how many have you had? Well, I don't drink, I don't drink them at all. Well, the other guy was like, well, I only had two. Well, we're missing like seven of them. Good Lord, so, man. So real real quick, if you guys, Randy and Johnny, if you don't mind me asking, you guys brought up the 400 now a few times. Um, can you educate me on what that is? The 400 is a private 400 acres that my, my partner, Shane Carpenter, was invited to way back in like, like 2002. 16 something like that okay and he, he started going there the, the owner was having experiences saw one while he was hunting thought he was dealing with poachers uh he was scared uh i mean he he moved the camper out there it was staying in a camper way up on the upper part of the property so is this and, oklahoma as well no or? no no this is no. in southern missouri southern missouri okay got yeah. it and and uh so the owner uh, was having some issues and he had some of his property logged. And right after things were being logged, the, the creatures were being a little aggressive, slapping on his trailer, pulling his pulling his stove stack out and, you know, kind of huh. being very like they were irritated with the way things were going on. Okay. So he eventually got a hold of my friend, uh, Shane, who started going there. And Shane had already had an established pattern of events from an area, another area in uh, Missouri where he was dealing with a family of them and brilliantly would go in and do pattern hikes and, and never change his pattern hikes going first thing before daylight. And, you know, and, and, and he's a smoker. So what he would do is he'd walk and, you know, and there's a specific place that he would sit and, and maybe have a cigarette, give them plenty of time. And he started to learn their patterns and they reacted to his patterns and his patterns stayed very consistent, never changed. So when if when they knew where he would sit for 30 minutes and have a cigarette, they would move in ahead of him and get in their positions and which would be the same positions every time because he was dealing with some juveniles. So I, being able to do something like that and then replicate it at the 400 has been instrumental in, in the success we've had. So he did the same patterns at the 400 when he was invited there, where he'd go get there every weekend, go in the mornings, have a set hike that he would do and, and learn their patterns. And when I was invited there by him, he was ready to go make it to the next level and, and, and invited me and, and thankfully so. And uh, it's been nonstop ever since there, there is a family unit 
that primarily stays on this property, only occasionally leaving the property. Okay. We've gone through uh, one or two sets of, of, of young ones that we've, we've, he's been able to track their cast from, from six and seven inches all the way up to 11 inches until they, until they aged out of the family and, and, and have been replaced by younger siblings. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, and, and we, we got as close as eight foot away from a, a juvenile that I caught well on thermal pinned down in deep grass. Like it couldn't go anywhere. Uh, like it dropped there when we walked out into this field and it was caught. So it dropped and I was able to find it with my thermal camera and Shane walked out on it and shined a light in its face. And it was one, it was one of the five foot juveniles. Uh, so, wow. so it's, it's been incredible. What, what happened when he got that close? Well, when he got that close, you got to understand, uh, I saw it moving in a particular way that I had seen five years earlier at Bennett Springs in Missouri, where I, I watched a juvenile move in a particular way where it was moving extremely slow, so slow that you couldn't even see it moving. But three minutes later, it had disappeared like a sniper, you know, the way a sniper would, they understand that we see movement. So yep. he was moving in a way that it would, it would be imperceptible that you was even seeing him move. But I watched him disappear. It took like three minutes. So here we are five years later at the 400 and I'm scanning the field and I see this little white heat signature looking up through the grass. And so I'm, I stop and I watch it for a while because at that point it could be anything. It could be a rock. It could be, uh, I, I just look at it until I can determine what it is, but I see it slowly dropping. I mean, it was dropping so slow that you, and, and, and I was telling Shane, I said, oh my God, it's doing the same thing that that other one did in Benton Springs. I said, that's one right out there. And when it finally dropped all the way into the deep grass, you could see the heat that it, that that it, that it was still there, even though its head had dropped. And so Shane, we had a biologist with us, and so Shane was like, "That's it. I'm I'm going out there." Now we had never approached one before. This was the first time we've always let them have the upper hand. We've never even let them know that we even know they're there it's that important that they have their, the freedom of being in control and thinking that they're hidden. We, 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 we never tried to take that away from them. So here we are approaching one on purpose. And I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I could see its behavior as Shane started walking towards it. Its head came back up awful fast and was, and I could see it looking right at Shane and like it didn't know what to do. And, 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 and then it would duck a little bit. And, 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 and I was trying to tell Shane, what it was doing. I said, it's nervous. I said, man, you need to slow down. I got to tell you, I was, I, I don't know. I was, I was in a bad way because I, I, I was fearful that we were going to ruin our action there. Uh, you know, you can't, sure. you can't approach a youngster and not it completely devolve everything that we worked for to get to that point. But we had a biologist with us so, so there were reasons why we may not ever have this opportunity again. So, so Shane took that chance. Fortunately, things didn't slow down. It didn't bother him at all. But within that instance, Shane gets out there, hits it with a light, turns it off and, and tells us that he sees it, saw its face, you know, the, the eye shine, you know, looking through the blades of grass and then trying to duck back down. It was laying prone in the grass on its stomach. Uh, and it had dropped right by a thorn, a thorn bush. Uh, and we understand from our next day investigation, all of the circumstances to what I'm, we're describing now. But Shane wanted to, Shane actually came back 
to the trail and was like, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? And, and, and the little one was still there. And I was like, and then, and then Shane goes back out one more time. And this time he gets a little closer and he said he was trying to see the body. He was trying to look with his flashlight to see the body that was when it was laying there. So he took a step around and over to try to look at the body with his flashlight in his hand. And it started clicking he heard a noise that sounded like it was clicking its teeth. Don't know if that's what it was doing, but he said, that's what it sounded like. It sounded like it was clicking its teeth. And the moment it started clicking its teeth, which we're going to assume because of what happens next, that that's a nervous, a nervous signal because a rock come flying out of the wood line and almost hit Shane in the leg. And he backed up and he was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. He's like, I just about got hit by a rock. And then he, backtrack all the way to the trail and you got to understand we were all a nervous wreck about everything that was happening at that at that moment so we decided I, we couldn't push it any further we, the fact that it was clicking its teeth and a rock from some other direction almost hit Shane I felt like we we're never going to have any more action on that property we, we just ruined it so we went back to camp and immediately you could hear something moving up on the ridge and throwing rocks and, and one of the rocks hit my Polaris. So we were actually happy. We were like, Oh my God. That I bet that awesome. was a relief. Yeah, that's always we, my biggest fear when something, when I get close or something like the past three days have been nuts for me. My biggest fear is that I'm going to cross a line and it's just going to erase everything I've been working on. And I guarantee you guys were just scared. How terrible. How terrible would we feel if, 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 if things shut down because of what we did? But fortunately, almost immediately, they were back up on the ridge throwing rocks. And, and we were barely sitting around there talking about it. And here, here comes some rocks. So we felt we felt good. But the next morning, we go right back out there in the daylight and we do our recreation where I stand in the same spot with my thermal. Shane goes out to where it was, puts himself. You can see the body imprint in the grass. It was it was one of the five foot juveniles. It dropped on a uh, on a briar bush and actually broke one of the branches that was laying in the bottom of the body imprint. So that means it was in the process of going across that field when we came out on that trail and it dropped immediately because it broke that briar bush and was laying on top of the the branch that you, you can see where the branch goes. So the fact that he was laying on top of a broken briar branch means he dropped immediately. That means we caught him crossing that field. And uh, the female, uh, where the rock came from the wood line, Shane went back in there and found the 12 inch track. So it was mom who threw the rock. Now here's the part you're gonna like. So so the mom was in the wood line, maybe, maybe 60 feet away in a, in a at an angle in a, in a wood line and the little one was crossing a field without her. And, uh, I told Shane, I said, she's holding the little one. And he goes, why do you say that? I said, she did not make a noise. She didn't scream. She didn't shake a tree. She didn't do anything, but quietly throw a rock. She didn't want you to know where she was. She still wanted you away from her little one, the five footer, but she's got something she's more protective of that's why she only threw a rock and, and nothing more. I said, she's got a little one on her hip. And so we thought, well, we'll, we'll know in a couple of years or whatever. And sure enough, a couple of years, got some six inch tracks. So she was indeed holding a little one because of those behaviors. And that's the way my mind works. I mean, I just, I, I twist and turn things until I can try, until they make sense to me. Why she didn't shake a tree or scream at him if he was getting that close to one of her babies unless she's holding a, an even younger one that's more important that's 
that's super smart, man. That, that, uh, that's why these, um, now don't get me wrong. I enjoy going to different places, you know, with people and everything, but going back, staying in the same area for as long as you can, as long as there is activity there is, I think by far the best way to go about research because you, in order to understand what's going on there, and I'm assuming that if you said the females, a 12 inch track, well, they're, they're 14. Now the, at the time we're assuming she must be a young, must've been a young mother because she's, but her, you had her, found those 12 inch tracks before. Yes. Right. So they were, were able always to put all this together only because you've been out there for so long gathering every, each and every day. You're, you're, you, you can recognize what's changed, what hasn't changed, and well, you hey, put all me, this stuff together. Let me give credit. That's all on Shane Carpenter. Right. My, my God, he's like a machine. When he goes out there and, and, and starts going through that property and looking for signs, and, 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 and he's an exceptional tracker, he's, he can, he'll paint a picture for you what happened the night before around the campsite and the noises we heard that that is bigger than you know to to even though i can we can get some good recordings and stuff like that he can go up and find the signs of, of yeah of, and that that's huge yeah oh that's definitely um i could say that i am uh right at basic level of tracking just very basic that is definitely one thing that i would love to get better at especially like in my area i've got a lot of pine straw and a lot of leaves like it's extremely hard to find any dirt anywhere, you know, except down, down by the Creek. So, uh, it's a little difficult in this area, but like, uh, another team member, we have Scott DeForest. He's got a little more experience finding tracks, you know, and I've learned a little bit from him. In fact, the first time we all went out together, you know, he landed on a track and I landed on a track within five minutes of being in this area, you know? So that is, in itself that uh, being able to read the sign on the ground is extremely valuable, you know, and being able to repeat all that stuff. You guys sounds like y'all got some really good areas, man. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'd like to tell you the story about the holes. Uh, this is all Shane's story, but I, you know, but I've been there. Look, man, this it's up to you. You tell us what you want us well, to know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you it as best I can. Shane has much more of the details because he's been finding these holes and, but, but he's been discussing them with me and I, and I've seen them also, but I'm, I'm going to start with a, a few years ago when the first youngsters in this family unit had tracks that were between five and seven <laughs> inches, maybe even a little smaller. He was finding holes being dug. There were holes, not very deep, and they all seem to be within 24 hours of a rain. So you could tell specifically when the, when the dirt was out of the hole, the dirt was piled up in a way that was dry as opposed to the wetness. So it was always, you know, hours after a rain and they always involved a stick. There was a stick. You would find a stick with dirt still on the, the stick. And, and most of the times the stick still left in the hole. So we went from speculating that it's, something to do with the little ones to where this year we found some new six inch tracks. Shane found new six inch tracks, followed them to a hole. 
that had a stick still in them. So now we've got six inch tracks that led us to a hole that was being dug. So now we can say, okay, it probably is the little ones. Now over by the pawpaw trees found a new hole that has a hand print where it put its hand down right on the fresh dirt to get up. So we've got a little bitty hand print that goes with the six inch tracks. Hmm. And the stick is still left in the holes. Now here's, here's the part where my brain is the speculator. I found a report from 1989 that I sent to Shane where a British woman was in Northern California, had a sighting on the beach that involved a family of these Bigfoots. The male waded into the Is water. That the one from, that's the one from Sasquatch Chronicles? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so anyways, so, so she witnessed a male wading out into and, and pulling out seaweed and kelp and throwing it up on the beach to the female. And there were two little ones while, while the adults were, gathering food and throwing it up to the female, she said the two little ones were digging holes. And so I sent that to Shane. I said, that's from 1989. Here's, here's a witness that has nothing to, to gain or, or lose from telling this story. She sees two little ones that are digging holes. They're digging holes as, a, as something to keep busy while the parents were doing something. Here's where my brain works. The way these sticks are found at the 400, they're always left in the hole or right beside the hole. That means they leave immediately and drop the sticks in place. Right. That means they're doing it to keep busy while mom and dad were checking the pawpaw trees or mom's checking, doing something. But the moment mom says, let's go, they're dropping the stick and going. Well, I actually have something not quite like the holes, but something very similar. I went out uh, to the area on my property. This was... God, this was probably within the first year of me. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing, but I had found down by the creek. I had found three logs or limbs or old dead trees that are about that big around, about four feet high, and they were shoved in the ground about I don't know eight to ten feet apart. That's one of the first things I found down there that I was like, "What in the hell is this?" And there was no way. I looked at them. And it was when you, you can either dig a hole and then put those logs in there or you just shove the logs in. Well, I could tell they were just shoved in because the leaves and the pine straw from where it was laying on the deck like this, and then it was shoved in, it's now sticking out. Okay. That's one thing I noticed. Well, I came back, I don't know, maybe a month or two later, looking around there, uh, and I, there's a big pine tree right next to the creek. And I start walking up to the creek and I see a bunch of bees flying around. They're flying around the base of this tree. I get up closer and it looks like something has been digging with that stick to where those bees, those bees had a beehive in the base of that tree. And that stick was still, was leaning up against, there was a root that comes off the side. It sticks up in the air a little bit and then goes back down to the ground. Well, the stick was leaning up against that uh, root with dirt on the end of it. So whatever, it looks like I literally walked up on something, taking that, using that stick, trying to dig that bee's nest out of the ground. Now, that's the only thing that I've ever seen anything like that. But I mean, that sounds the, uh, 
Using well, that, sticks I mean, like that, that sounds. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that <clears throat> sounds like a you know tool usage for. for right. For, uh, but if I can go back to the holes being dug, uh, I don't know if this story is true or not, but one of the parts that make me think of the nature of those sticks being dropped where they sat tells me that the, the, the kids are having to immediately go where they're told to go. I have a story from Lake Ulaga when I was working that 200 acre property. There was a lady, lady from Talala, which is a, a small town on the other side of that lake, who said that she witnessed a female Bigfoot at the base of her field eating fruits off of a tree. And she had two little ones that she said were about, they looked like they were twins because they were the same size and they were the same color. And she said they were they're about the size of five-year-old children. But she said they would run and kick off the tree and kind of play with each other while mom was just eating fruits off the tree. And she said when they got too far away, she said the mother never stopped eating the fruits, but she slapped her thigh with, with, with her free hand. And the moment she slapped her thigh, each one of those little children, Bigfoots, each ran back to each one had held the hair on one of her legs. That tells me they discipline their young. Oh, they, yeah, dis that's... They, they discipline them in a way that when I say something, you move immediately. That's what these holes with the sticks being dropped immediately are telling me about their behavior. The little ones are doing it to, 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 to fill their time up while mom is doing something important. But the moment she says we got to go, they're dropping the sticks where they sat and, and going and getting with her. That that's how I'm I'm putting this picture together until that makes evidence, perfect sense to me. Until the evidence says something else. Yeah. And you're right about that. In order for these creatures, <clears throat> in order for these creatures to stay as hidden as they've been over the years, number one, you got a whole bunch of lies. People have been lying about it for years, <clears throat> or at least not talking about it. And number two, I think the most important thing, they're smart. I think they're a lot smarter than people think they are. And like you're talking about the the discipline can you i mean can you imagine having a baby in the woods and having to keep it quiet or i couldn't imagine my two-year-old son out in the woods and me having to keep them quiet for you know for any amount of time you know so that uh that makes perfect sense the discipline part of it you know and uh that's crazy stuff man i mean uh i honestly I could probably talk to you for about six hours, but we can't do that tonight. <laughs> well, you, you, need, you need to have Shane on here because basically all I'm doing is retelling his stories. Yeah. So, so Randy, um, you, you're st still actively researching, doing expeditions uh, currently, right? Every chance I get. Okay. Okay. Uh, when was your last outing? Uh, we were just out a couple of weeks ago in Missouri. Missouri. Okay. Uh, we've got in two weeks when I finish this job that I'm working on, uh, we got plans to get back down to the 400 and, and I'm talking to other people by getting back down to the Kaimichis. I mean, wow. I, I've talked to you enough about the Kaimichis. I, I, I miss that place so much. I, I, I got to get back down there. Well, yeah. dude, I, I fly for free. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, man. That's great. Good uh, stuff, um, man. So, so Randy, are you involved um, with a particular group of researchers? Um, just, just Shane, just, just, just Shane. you and Shane. Okay, we're just, we're just a we're just a partnership. Okay, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure I've heard Shane's because I've I've heard a good amount of yours. I've heard I've heard you mention the 400 and Shane. I haven't looked into his work personally, but I have seen 
I saw y'all's, uh, I saw the documentary years ago and didn't realize till later on, probably here till recently, that that was you guys, that that was, that was our first, that was our first weekend together on that property. So it was very amateur done with GoPros and our, our channel is filled with my amateur crap. So don't worry (laughs) about all that. (laughs) But, uh, so, so there's a documentary on the 400 then, huh? Yeah, it's called Into the 400 Into on the Amazon four. Prime. Aren't y'all making another one, though? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're actually in the process. We've been filming for over a year with with, with some real <clears throat> legit filmmakers. And uh, where are y'all at doing this one? Mainly the 400. I mean, but oh, really? But we've also gone to places in Oklahoma and uh, the conference. We've done a couple conferences that they showed up and did a bunch of filming. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. We, I mean, is it somebody who's uh, the people that are doing the documentary? Is it somebody who takes the subject seriously, or are they just oh, doing it yes, as a favor? Yeah. Or? No, no. Uh, uh, Cynthia Hill is is uh, the producer, and she's an Emmy winner. She's won an Emmy. Uh, wow. She she's a documentarian. She does documentaries uh, on people, and 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 it was initially just going to be a documentary about me and Shane and our passion to do this. Uh, but her first day out there, she had a sighting. So, uh, so now she's kind of had to move in front of the camera a little bit and maybe change the dynamics to where she's going to maybe narrate it because she, you know, she, she went to use the restroom with the uh, film lady with the camera lady. And while the fat camera lady was digging a hole, she uh, sees something black running down the Creek away from our campsite. And that's the, that's the day, the day after we first found the six inch track. So we know there's a new little one. So she right. probably saw that little one. Well, dude, that's what you want. That's what, uh, just like everybody who does this for a little bit, you get people that say, Hey, let's shoot a documentary. But then you don't know whether, you know, are they just, what are they doing it for? What's the reasoning behind it? You know? Cause if I, if we ever do a documentary, me and Joe have talked about it before. It's gotta be somebody I trust and somebody I know isn't going to try to make either me or the subject look like idiots. Right. Cause I've seen that happen before. Shane, Shane and I, you know, I I've been on a couple of travel channel shows and, you're right. They completely butcher it and and, right. and over dramatize it. Take and, your words and, out of context. A lot of fakery, a lot of fakery, and it just pisses me off. Yeah. Um, so that is one of the things we were adamant about. Me and Shane had this discussion, and 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 it's clear to the people that is doing our filming. And there's there's a producer from California that's and he is a Bigfoot fanatic. He's the one who got yeah. Cynthia involved. So we got that's two, perfect man. So we've got two producers and. Uh, and, and just they're going to give us final edit say so if we if we see something that we think is not truthful or honest then then it's out right well dude that's the way you want it that's yeah. great i'm happy to hear i'm happy to hear that number one you got somebody who knows what they're doing and that they're actually interested in the topic so that's you got to let us know first of all uh we got to have you on again because yes. I, I know you got more stories. Oh yeah. We try to keep these to about an hour long, but I know you got a bunch more stories. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and invite you back on before yep. we even get done with this one. Yeah. So, uh, we well, ought to have, you ought to have Shane. You ought to schedule Shane on. He, yeah, man. Uh, no, we will. Just, we uh, will. uh, hook me up with him or what, you know, introduce us or whatever. And I will definitely, I'd love yeah. to have him on. Maybe we can have both of y'all 
That'd be a good idea. Have both of y'all well, on at the same he's, time. He's in the chat. He's Ozark Mountain Sasquatch. I see. Oh, I, okay. Ozark, I can't okay. see the chat on my end. Captain Joe does. That's Shane. I do. Okay. Well, well, thank you for joining us, then, Shane. What's uh, going on, Shane? <sighs> wow. You, I mean, in the court, what, 30 years now, Randy, that you've been doing this? Since 2003. So 2003. I mean, 2020. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, talk about. Um, a wealth of wealth of knowledge, some unbelievable experiences, you know, plus uh, passion. You know, I, I mean, yeah. you 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 sound like a guy that just had an encounter last weekend, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, we did, we did. Oh, okay. Well, you did. I, I, I spoke to Bigfoot through my tent wall. Okay. Well, well, save that story for the next time. He said he saw what? what? No, I, I spoke to one that was at my table at my campsite. And we I didn't know it until Shane tracked it all the way around all the other camps. And one a lady had a sighting of the same one. And everyone at every tent had something happen at their tent. When he was at my tent, I said something to him through my tent wall because I thought it was a person messing around my table. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, man. Did he take a bunch of stuff? No, I thought it was a person taking one of the, I, there were some wet books because it had rained and, and I was kind of having a little bit of an argument with one of the dudes there. And I thought he'd come over to get his book so that he wouldn't have to see my face the next day in the daylight. So, <laughs> so he was spending way too much time at my table and I was laying there in my tent getting a little pissed about it. And finally, when it started getting into my plastic tubs, which is my personal stuff, I said, excuse me, do you, do you need me to come out there and give you a hand? And then there was silence and then footsteps leaving. Wow. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Man. Good Lord. So, so you guys still currently uh, research in this 400 area? Or, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we're we're going to be back out there in about three weeks for a good long stretch. Okay. Um, and that's Missouri area then, huh? You yeah. said? Well, that's okay. awesome, man. Good luck. I hope everybody... Yeah. I mean, we definitely want to keep in touch and stay on top of that, but I, I really do. I hope everything, you know, it's, it's good to see people who have put the work in and yeah. who are honest about what they're doing get. That's the hardest part about all of this is time, money, equipment, and backing. And to have, you know, people like that doing your documentary that is that's where i would like to be one day to have that many years of success put together and then have it all come together like that man i'm i am ecstatic for you and i hope you guys get the the video of all videos when y'all are doing this you know because even i've always said even if it's not me that gets the video i hope somebody gets a video where i can turn to my wife and say i told you so exactly you know? so. you've gone to my youtube channel haven't you uh yeah so you've seen my thermal drone. Is it the top view one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, been a so, couple of days, but yeah. I mean, I'm still, it's so complicated. I mean, it's, it's $12,000 drone and it's like a computer. Jesus I mean, it, it is incredibly complicated. Uh, so, but yeah, we're getting it figured out. And one of these days it's going to be in the right circumstances. $12,000. That, that thing's going to work for us. <laughs> Dude, I uh, thought I'd dump some money into this thing. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I got, I got, I got a, a drone. What kind of thermals are you using, Randy? Uh, the, my handheld or the drone? 
Uh, just your handheld. My handheld is a, a Pathfind IR, which uh, was was in the high end Cadillacs. So it's that, our, that's the older one you were talking about on Sasquatch Odyssey. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I yeah, still yeah, yeah. I still use it. So what's oh. the uh, what's the thermal like on that drone? <sighs> hands down, hands down, the clearest. I mean, I can be I can be seven hundred feet up and say. That's a rabbit. I mean, good God, man. What a wonderful Captain Joe. How about you get on that, man? <laughs> That's what we need. We need yeah. a sponsor for drones. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, excellent, man. We're going to let you go, but uh, we'd love Shane, to have you back. Shane is in the chat. I would definitely like to have both of you guys on at the same time. Well, maybe if that's possible. If, if, if you know, if we can ever catch up some free time. And yeah, maybe we could maybe we could share a campsite together for several days down in the Kaimichis. I'm in. I told you, man. I haven't I'm got in. to use I haven't got to use the drone down there. Something tells me we'd be extremely lucky. Yeah, down I've there. got just with me, um, because of Captain Joe. I have three thermals, and then I've got uh you know, a couple other digital night vision devices, but thermals wise. And we've got another team member, Hank, he just dropped, I think, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say how much, but he just bought three thermals at once. And I'm like, dude, is your wife, did you get divorced? What happened? <laughs> He's like, no, she said I was good. I'm like, cool, man. <clears throat> yeah. I'm uh, I mean, we'll, I do, we'll talk. I do, we'll I do like to keep the group small though. Oh yeah. yeah. When we do the Kaimichi, I mean, I don't, I don't want to have more than five, and two of them is going to be me and Shane. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I understand that. We're about to do a, an out of state. Um, we've agreed not to say where the group did, and there's going to be at max about five of us. You know, I don't, I do know researchers. We've got t uh, team members that do the uh, the big BFRO things, you know, where you got a whole bunch of people. Now they enjoy it, and they have had activity doing it. You know, me personally, I kind I like the smaller groups, so you know that's yeah. that's fine with me, man. But yeah, definitely, we need to set it up, Captain Joe. I'm I'm pretty easy when it comes to scheduling, but Captain Joe's all over the place because he travels a lot for work so we need to get all three of you you guys together to schedule yeah. it and then i'll be like yeah i'm in you know so definitely keep That's in touch a, and we'll, no, we'll definitely schedule yeah it definitely sounds uh like a great plan to have there johnny and then you know randy man you know what what a what a great you know past hour hearing hearing your stories and your research and your theories and and, and whatnot and you know, uh, things that you were ashamed We didn't even talk about my main encounter where the Bigfoot climbed on the back of my truck. No, I that's the one I was telling Joe about. <laughs> we, we we glossed over that one. Uh oh. <sighs> well, we got it. That will be uh, that will be the first story you tell. Agreed. In the the second yes. part. Yeah. Now, hey, I mean, you know what? Uh, if you guys, you know, we we can do this again next week or. You know, in a few days, y'all tell okay, me. Okay, you so. guys, you guys yep. want to schedule it? Other than, uh, you know, other than kids' sporting events, sporting events, I can pretty much work around anything. So, like I said, you guys schedule it. 
Well, I'd like to make it about a month out because I, I'd like to I'd like to have about ten days in at the four hundred before I have my next conversation. Oh, that'll work. Okay, yeah, but that's we fine. And I forgot too. I was that's my fault. I kind of had you bouncing all over the place trying to pick your brain on some things. But the uh, I know what story you're talking about, and it's a really good one. But we will have definitely have part two. I'm looking forward to it. So, Joe, the, the one I was telling you about, about the truck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the best one. <laughs> wow. Well, so now I've, uh, I've got some homework to do before we, we come back on next time. I'm going to watch uh, Into the 400. I pulled that up on my my iPad, but I'm going to watch it on the TV this evening. Um, I'm going to have some of my friends watch it, uh, you know, and... Uh, um, and, and these are these are folks who are I, I kind of consider them non-believers, you know. But Randy, you, your stories and your your passion about this, you know, it's like okay, these people need to hear or see what you're doing, you know. And Randy, so. I take back. I don't think I, I don't think I have seen your drone. I'm gonna have to check your page. Out. <laughs> I thought you were talking about. Uh, you thought you were talking about you have drone footage? Yeah. Don't you have thermal footage? Y yeah, so you're you you thought I was talking about my handheld unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, no, go to go to my YouTube no, channel. I haven't, I haven't seen the you're the... you're gonna see a, a, a four a, a six K video with a little thermal inset where during the day you can use the thermal and it takes the four K video at the same time. So if you're looking during the day using the heat signatures, it's it's amazingly it, it's a, it's an amazing no, no, no. piece of i definitely haven't seen that no so, no yeah. i was mistaken yeah i definitely have to go check that out now is that just on uh that's just your youtube is it just randy yeah. harrington yeah yeah okay well i'll definitely check it out and i will get everybody else on the facebook page and hopefully everybody listening to our channel now go to randy harrington's page well, i appreciate that we, we really did oh, yeah man you. hey y'all done y'all have done the work you know, yep. and that's that's what matters. You know? And and Shane Shane must have one too because I saw yes. Ozark Mountain Sasquatch on on YouTube as well. Yes, yes, right. he does. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, I definitely I'll... check out. I definitely have to start doing more research on Shane. Like I said, I watched the end of the uh, end of the four hundred, but other than that, I don't think I've done much research about Shane. But if you say you two are partners, I'm sure there's some excellent stuff there. Oh yeah. Good to go, Randy. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Sir. I really do. I, I, I enjoyed you this. guys too, and, and and thank you, Captain Joe, for your service, man. Oh, hey, you know what? Uh, John, Johnny served as well, and you, you know what? It, it, we all yeah, just man, but I, we all did our jobs. That's all. Yeah, but I didn't leave my leg over there, so I guess you know you got a leg up on me. No, no, I I left my leg in in uh um in a tub at Walter Reed. <laughs> well, all, all I can do for you is try to get you out there and let you see another Bigfoot. I mean, that's, that's uh, all I can do. No, no, that 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 uh, you know, that would that that would be neat. You know, uh, obviously, I tell people seeing one and here in Georgia are two now, right? Which no, we, three, three. It, you know, the is big, the big one that went across the field was not the juvenile. So you've, uh, you've seen three. Yeah, is is uh e enough to make you feel like okay you know we're 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 you know we're just a small speck in in the universe you know so um yeah we'll, it's we'll pretty have to go mind -blowing. Into that story with you i don't know if you 
if you looked into it or, or, or anything, but what we witnessed on that day with me, Scott and captain Joe, uh, what these things did to us, the way they hurted us, the way they made us follow them out, the way they took us back to, they took us back to their, our camp that day. There's people out there that do not think these things are, they think they're just an animal. Now they are animalistic, but when it comes to intellect, I think people are drastically underestimating them because if you would have seen, I'm sure I looked the same way, the wild eye, the wild look in captain Joe's eyes when we got out to the end of that field and realized that they just flanked us yeah, and then drove us in one direction, both of us being combat vets. It was a, it was a confusion. We were mad. I know I was mad that I was herded like an animal. Uh, We were scared because we were, they just ran circles around us. Yeah. You know, all that in one was just, uh, there is no way in the world you're going to convince me that these things are just simple animals. There is something. I'm not afraid to admit that when I saw that big one around my truck, I've had to do a 180 from what I know now, from what I knew then. It took me a long time to come down from this. This thing could be killing people and there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah. So now I, I believe there's some type of human. I mean, they're just they've, they've, they've evolved alongside of us. They are just as intelligent, if not more intelligent. They're, they're so human that it's 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 uncanny. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas. Excellent. Excellent podcast, guys. Thank you, Randy. All right. You guys all have a great evening. Thank you for joining us. We will keep keep in touch, and let's get this a month from now. Right on. Ish. All right. Thank you. I think you just. Yep. Yeah.